0: Second World War with this group of prisoners in a prisoner of war camp in Siberia, and they escape and they walk 4,000 miles to freedom, which is unbelievable. And these seven people uh, just walk, and the only thing they have is a direction. They know they've just got to keep heading south. They don't have a plan, they don't have a guide, they don't have a sat-nav, they don't have anything. They just have a direction and they have each other. And uh, we spoke on Sunday, for those of you that were here, about the fact that as they walked, they crossed different terrain. And the terrain, the world in which they were walking, changed all the time. So they went across the Siberian wastelands with all the ice and the tundra and all of that. They then came to Mongolia. They crossed the Gobi Desert. They then came to the Himalayas. They walked over the Himalayas into freedom, into India. So they went across ice. They went across um, rocks. They went across uh, desert. They went over mountains to get to where they wanted to go. And as the terrain around them changed, what was really important to them were those moments when they could gather around the campfire. And uh, I have to tell you this because it's so funny. Today, I was here in the church and uh, we just set the campfire up with the lights and I was at the back on the computer and a lady, who I sh- oh, I'll remain nameless, okay, just for her own embarrassment really, she's not part of the church, she walked past, she didn't know anyone was in here and she walked past to here and she went to touch it like that, just see if it was, see if it was real. To which I shouted out, it won't burn you. And she like jumped right out of her skin. And then I thought, if you did think it was real, why would you go and touch it anyway? So (laughs) it was all a little bit bizarre really. But on the film, what was happening was that when they gathered around the campfire, that interaction became really important. And I said said on Sunday that around the campfire is like a place of remembrance where we remember who we are. It's also a place of relationship where we connect with each other. And it's also a place of review where we assess where we've been walking and we look ahead to the next day's walk and the challenge that lies in front of us. So on Sunday morning just gone, we took this campfire analogy to to make it a place of remembrance for those of you that are here. And we reminded ourselves of who we are as a community of people. And uh, we said that we're a community who, even though the world is changing, Even though the terrain is changing, there are some things that don't change. We are a community who have a direction. We are pursuing God. Amen? That's our direction. We are pursuing. We are hungry for God. We are going to follow God wherever He leads. We're also a community who have a purpose or a mission. You know, we want to enlarge God's kingdom footprint through through the building of an Acts 2 type church. We're also a community who have a set of values You know The the values are who we are, they define who we are and they don't change even though the world around us changes. So Sunday was that kind of place of, if you like, remembrance, remembering who we are, looking at the bigger picture. Tonight we really wanted the vision night to be a place of relationship and a place of review and so in one sense we've already done a little bit of relating because we've met together, we've eaten pancakes, we've kind of drunk some drinks, or we are drinking some drinks, and also we've set you like this so that you can look at each other. Isn't that a wonderful thing? (laughs) Or not. Okay, that's fine. But we really wanted this to be a place of relationship where we can connect, and then where we can review, and we can look at where are we at, and where are we going tomorrow as we continue the walk. And I thought around the whole campfire thing, that often on a if you look at some of the old movies, like the cowboy movies, and I was going to quote Blazing Saddles, but those of you that know that film, um, I did toy with it, but then I didn't with the scene. That No, anyway. Some of you know what I'm talking about. But one of the things that's great around a campfire is the, is the ability to connect with each other relationally, tell some stories, but also to sing some songs. Why don't we pray? Lord, we thank you that, Lord, all through this last 30 years or so, and Lord, the songs have changed. And, but Lord, the truths haven't. You are our God. You love us and we love you. And Lord, music changes and songs change and people change. And, but Lord, you don't. And God, you are so with us. And when we first began as a church in, in a room in 1979, and as a house group, you were with us. And when we moved into that little Zion on the old stabbridge Road in 1981, you were with us. And when we grew and we outgrew that building and then we went out on the road for a bit and hired different halls, you were with us. And when in 1986 we moved into this building, Lord, you were with us. And got all the way through this last while, this last decade, 15, 16 years, Lord, you've been with us. And now, Lord, as we think about where you're taking us. God, thank you that as we look back over our shoulder, we've seen your faithfulness. It gives us confidence to say we know that tomorrow you will be with us because you are God and you change not. And Lord, we thank you for it. And Father, as we gather around this campfire tonight, as we relate, as we think, as we review, as we listen to you, Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd lead us and you'd guide us. And thank you, Lord, that... There are many people here that didn't know those old songs because they weren't following you then. And that's an awesome thing. But now they are. And that's incredible. And God, we thank you that tomorrow, in the next year, there will be people who don't know the songs that we know now because they don't know you yet. But God, they will. And Lord, we love you because you are an awesome God. And everyone said, Amen. Please sit down. So, got that out of my system, <laughs> a few memories there. Um, as we journey together as a community of people, the terrain that we walk over is going to change and I don't know about you, but when we set out on chapter 3 and the third place vision, the world has changed radically, hasn't it, in the last two years or so. Uh, watching TV again tonight and seeing all that's happening in Libya, you know, and thinking, crikey, just a... A few weeks ago, that was just unimaginable, wasn't it? In that part of the world, just change so quickly like that. And then in our own kind of situation in in this nation, and we look in our own area, and we know that I don't know whether you know that today is the day when all the cuts in the Dudley Authority are, are getting rolled out, and so people are hearing about jobs and and provision and organisations and departments and all that. And so, and we're aware of that. I'm sure many of you are many of you are affected. Uh, by that. And so we're aware that the, the world around us is constantly changing. It's a different landscape economically than it was two years ago. It's a different landscape socially than it was two years ago. But as we do journey, One of the things that will happen, as you journey over the new terrain, it presents different challenges, but it also presents different opportunities. Uh, And we want to share with you a couple of things that are happening, or potentially happening, as a result of all that's changing in our world around us. The first thing, something that I want to just mention, and then I'm going to ask Vicky to come and to mention something else to you tonight. Um, We were approached, um, probably a couple of months ago really, from the authority Um, to ask whether we would consider being involved in providing some uh, support and some environments for adults with moderate learning disability. And that comes out of the the fact that a couple of day centres in our area are going to be closed because of the cuts. And so there are around 100 or so adults who, on a daily basis, go to these centres, and it's not only a great... Uh, support for them but obviously for their parents and their carers as well and we were approached and asked would we consider that and um, you know and entering into a contract arrangement we are in the process of talking that through with the authority and I think one of the and I don't know whether we're going to do that or not I don't know what's going to happen we're in the business case stage they're saying how much will it cost you and and we're in we're in all that negotiation phase for us it was it was like hang on a minute potentially around us, there could be a really vulnerable part of our society that overnight could have its support taken away. And do we as a church feel that that's an important thing for us to open our doors? We've got a great facility. We've already got a lot of things happening. Would that be something that we would be passionate about and we felt it was? So we want you to really pray for that. Would you do that? Really pray for us on that. Again, that's something that six months ago... A year ago, we probably wouldn't have even imagined, but because the world is changing, we have to be ready to go with a new opportunity. It doesn't mean we have to do everything, and it doesn't mean we will do everything, but it does mean that if the door opens and we feel it's God and there's a connection, then we will go through that. But the second thing is uh, to do with uh, youth work. And uh, many of you know that the police have had a whole load of changes recently. And uh, obviously some of our folks have been involved in that on the other side of that. And as a result, our PCSOs, which we've got a very good relationship with here, is our police community support officers. They are no longer kind of around the scene in the visible way that they were before. So again, there's a vacuum and there's a gap there. And so Vicky's going to come and talk about something that God's put on some of our youth leaders' hearts and share that with you tonight. So... Oh, and Laura.
1: Hi, I'm not Vicky. Um, I'm Laura, Vicky. Uh, We both work for Faze, probably most of you guys already know that, Uh, but we also serve on, oh hello, we also serve um, on the uh, youth team here at, at Zion Volunteering and we are part of the SILT team, which stands for Strategic Youth Leadership Team. It's amazing, and uh, you should be in those meetings. Genuinely, um, and Vicky and I on that team, we represent the outreach um, that the, that as we as a team do in the church uh, outreach to young people. And as a team, all of us are deeply, deeply passionate about the young people in this nation. And uh, we're particularly passionate about the young people of Hales Owen, uh, the young people that we're called to serve here in this community. And tonight, Vic and I want to address you guys really in the hope and the real belief that there are people in this room who are also deeply passionate about these young people. And in a sec, Vic's going to um, talk about the detached work that we're going to be doing um, but our heart is that we will connect with those young people. Um, there are a lot of young people who do not have a church that they go to, who do not have a faith of their own. Um, in the catchment area that we work with, there are 5,000 young people just in the he- part of Hell's Owen and the borough that we work in. And uh, as Faze, we try our very best to go into schools and connect with those young people in as many ways as possible. But even if we managed to do that, we would have a 1,000 young people each on our hands, which is a massive youth group. Uh, so we need help, really. Um, a normal-sized youth group's hard work. Um, At the the hub, which um, Zion and and Faze put on, we get between 100 and 150 individuals each month come through the doors, which means that many people are connecting with church in some way. Um, At the church here, there are around 70 young people between 11 and 20, which is great. And that in some way feeds into that 100 but there are still 5,000 young people in this area. And so we're realizing that in order to connect with those young people, we can't stay in church and wait for them to come to us. And so, what we want to do this evening is excite you, hopefully, and envision you into a place where we can go and connect with those young people on the streets.
2: I've right, got one. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what we want to do, as Laura said, is we don't just want to stay in our building on a Friday night when we normally do youth club. We want to get out there um, in, the, in the town, in the streets, in the parks, um, and do some detached work, which some of you may not know what detached work actually is. Um, and it's basically just getting out there, meeting young people where they're at, so whatever they're doing, wherever they are. Um, And so our plan is to start that as soon as possible. Um, We're going to start on a Friday night um, and take a team out uh, to do that detached work while the youth club is on and then see how we grow and hopefully be able to do it more often um, on evenings. But the heart is really just to go out and meet young people, be a positive influence on their evening, and hopefully try and encourage them to attend. Any kind of youth provision, ours would be great, but we're going to work in partnership um, with other youth provisions as well, just so that we can try and address antisocial behaviour as well on our on our streets and out there in our neighbourhoods. Um, we're working really closely with the police. We've met with the police as well, and they're going to support us um, in kind of telling us where the hotspot areas are um, and where to to meet young people. So what we are asking is whether anybody would be willing and feel called to, to come and do that. Um, not, every, not everybody will, but there'll be some people here in our church that maybe don't already uh, serve in the, in the youth department that maybe want to support the work that we do. Maybe you feel called to, to go out with us um, and do detached work and join that team. Or maybe you could support us in a way that maybe you feel like you could serve on a Friday night in the youth club to release some of our current volunteers so that they can go out and do that. Um, And if either of those don't suit you, (laughs) then we're calling you to pray for the work that we do. Um, So if you feel that you, on a Friday night, while we're out and about um, in the town and while youth club is on, feel that you could just pray for us as a team and pray for uh, the young people as well, that would be great. So what we're asking you to do is at the end of the evening, me and Laura will be at the back. Um, if so if you want to sign up to um, any of those three teams, you can put your name down, uh, your email and mobile and we'll contact you. Um, we are putting on a training date for the detached team. So if you are interested in that, the training date is the 23rd of March, which is in a couple of weeks' time, because we want to get ourselves trained so we can go out and start doing it. We are going to prayerfully look at the names that are uh, put down on the list, because we want to make sure that we feel, um, as well as you, that this is where God wants you to be serving, and that it's the best fit for you. Um, So after you've put your name down, we're going to be prayerfully looking over that, and then we'll be contacting you further. So.
0: Could we just stand for, for a second? I'm just gonna, we're just going to pray. Um, and I just think these two things that we've shared with you tonight, you know, adults with disability and also our young people, you can, you can stay here if you want. We're just going to stand and we're just going to pray together. Is that all right? And just, really, just, just let's wait on God just for a minute. and, and just, just let's listen to him. God, as we pursue you and as we walk in the direction of your presence, Lord, we don't want to do everything that's available, God, but we do want to listen to you. And God, if, if our society has got gaps and areas of need that we could fill and could meet, then God, if we, we believe that's what your heart would be. And so, Lord, we bring these two things to you and, Lord, we ask you to lead us in these areas that if you want us as a church to reach out into this whole area of adults with disability and their families and their carers and young people out on the streets, Lord Jesus, then God, would you just breathe your spirit into us, Lord? Would you raise up people? Lord, I, the, one of the measures I think, Father, is that is that there will be a rise in the people, that there will be many of us that will be touched by these areas. If you're working in this for us, then it will resonate with us. And Lord, people will stand up. People will stand up and say, I'll do something. I'll pray. I'll serve. I'll go out. Wouldn't it be amazing that some of us could go out and be like a street pastor to some of these young people out on our streets? We don't have to be young and cool and trendy and all of that. We just have to have a heart and have legs to get us out there and just a, just a desire to want to, to impact someone's life. So, Lord, I pray that, God, these new opportunities that you're presenting or that are being presented, Lord, if they are you, then, Lord, please confirm it and speak to us. Open the doors of funding and resource and people. And, and Lord, if it's not, then that's fine. You know, We haven't failed because we're just trying to be responsive to you. So, Lord, would you speak? And God, I pray, Lord, I thank you for people like Laura and Vicky who are willing to stand up and say, we'll do something different, we'll do something new, we'll, we'll step out of our comfort zone in order to impact people's lives. So Lord, help us, I pray. Breathe the fire of your Spirit into our, our souls and into our beings, I pray. Lord, I pray even tonight you'll have put something in our heart that some of us will want to go talk to these guys afterwards and get involved and stand up and make a difference, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Okay. um, Some of the exciting and challenging things that are happening as we're going across this changing terrain. And I want to, for the rest of the evening, really, the next kind of 30 minutes or so, just to talk to you about the building project, which... We call it the third place. Uh, I realise that some of you are newer to us and you've just joined the journey. Forgive me, I'm not going to be able to go back over the last four or five years and catch you up to speed on all of the details because there's quite a lot here, but I will try and give you the bullet points. A bit of a review, really. The drivers for us. I mean, so many people we've had around the building recently have gone around our current building and saying, why are you buying more buildings and looking for more space? This is a huge building. Well, there were a whole load of drivers, really. We felt that the vision of the church... Was demanding us, if you like, to push out and to create some bigger spaces, some more usable, uh, fit-for-purpose spaces as well. There were some issues in terms of uh, just not being fit-for-purpose, and um, you know, DDA, disability access, uh, you know, asbestos, the build, uh, the roof, uh, heating—loads of practical issues—which mean that this 1950s warehouse is not going to last forever. And I think we know that. But also, there was a sense that we felt that God was prompting us. Uh, to spread out to enlarge the place of our tent to spread out to the left and to the right and so we bought uh four buildings three buildings really but they're they're four buildings but three yeah forget it the buildings that we bought all the buildings next to us here okay and um that's kind of what what we what we've done here not yet sorry you've gone on like way too far for me (laughs) sorry can you go right back is that all right Thank you. Thanks Chris. Um, so, so that's kind of, kind, kind of the background to it really. So what began then a few years ago was there was a time of surveying the land and a feasibility and then we presented some schemes and I want to just highlight two schemes that we presented and then talk to you about where we are. So scheme one, so that's the next, the next one. That's what. So, Scheme One was around £10 million, believe it or believe it not, if you can remember back that way. And what it consisted of was an auditorium with an indoor sports hall, a redesign and refurbished back block, um, some external sports, skate park, bouldering walls, cage football, that kind of thing. And we were going to sell the front block, which is this bit that we're in now. Um, what happened around that era was that we uh, went to the church for a church giving campaign, we set a target of £750,000, you exceeded that target and many of you are giving into that and as it stands at the moment we're, we're, we're looking at around 850000 if everything continues as it is but we also applied for My Place funding which was government funding if you remember for £2 million to, be, to go against that £3 million redesign and refurb on the back block of 150 projects nationwide, we went down to the last kind of 15 or so, and we just missed it. You'll remember that whole kind of trauma. It took six months of work, and we just missed it, and so that was a, a big blow to us. Then, in June in January 2010, we, we had a, a pause time where we had a month where where we uh, just kind of put it on hold, and we just prayed and we waited on God. As a result of that, we went to Scheme Two. So, if you can go to Scheme Two, thanks. Uh, and the kind of you as a church really felt that because the church gave so well, but we missed out on the MyPlace funding, we should turn our attention to the new build first. And so we explored that. We brought the whole project down. We took, it, we took the new build down from $6 million to $4 million. We took the indoor sports hall out and we put an outside Mugger in, which is a multi use games area. All right, it's not someone that robs you. All right, in case you're not quite sure what that is. Yeah, that's that vision for our church. We're funding for a robber. No, we're not doing that. So, multi use (laughs) games area, the outdoor space. Um, And so we brought it down to seven million, and that's what we were looking at at the beginning of last year. Now, And and we took out the external sports, the skate park and all of that. We we, we said that we need to sell the front block in order to raise capital for the new build because the numbers were still big. Now, what happened throughout the last year is that we found it increasingly difficult, in fact, nigh on impossible, to sell the front block of this building. When we began this journey, okay, four or five years ago, um, when we met with the council planners and our, our scheme was... What I've just shown you, Scheme 1, with selling this off for residential. And at that era, that was a really good thing to do. The council wanted that and that was fine and the developers were hungry for that and it would have raised a lot of money. How many of you know the world has changed? So we found it almost impossible at the moment in the current terrain that we're living in and walking across to sell the front block of this building. So that means, means that it's very difficult to raise $4 million for the new build outside of that we've also found it difficult to raise large chunks of money for the back block uh, the days of the 2 million pound from one f- from one part which was the my place seem to be over at this current in this current climate so at the back end of last year as we came to you last in september this was the scheme we were looking at okay but we were looking at really trying to raise the money for the back block so we moved a bit from the front block we thought 4 million 2 million they're two big mountains To climb, do you know what I mean? We thought, well, if we could get the two million one, if you climb up a mountain, it's easier to see the next mountain, isn't it? So we turned our attention to try and raise that two million pound, but we found it really difficult to raise large chunks of money up to this point. And then just before Christmas and just over the whole Christmas New Year season, I kind of took quite a a lot of time out and really felt that God spoke to me uh, in in a very specific way, which I wouldn't say always has happened with this project. Uh, I say a lot of the time it's just working and just following what you believe God is saying, but I believe. I believe that God really spoke to me clearly. And I shared that with the elders and with the and senior staff and with guys that are working on the project with us. And this is what he's, he okay, I've moved on here now. Okay, this is what he said. What what do we need that we don't already have and let's build that? What do we need that we don't already have and let's build that? And it seems like a really obvious thing to say. But I started to think about, and we've started to think about together, with the new build, what about if we only built in the new build what we don't currently have in this whole building? So we've been to our architect and we've said, what would it look like if we had an auditorium, which is what we need, a bigger auditorium, we had some other spaces that we need, but actually all the other things that we already have, like offices and a salon and other bits and pieces, that we have in this building, what about if we kept this building and only built what we don't already have? Are you with me? So that's what we began to look at and actually the size of it and the cost of it began to start to come down. And we got to a point where we thought, actually, perhaps we're at the stage where before what we were doing very much was a cost to design. In other words, here's what we want, tell us how much it costs. But perhaps we're in the economic reality now where what we need to say is, here's the number, what can we have? And so we've gone back to our team and said, you know what guys, we want to build a new building for two million pounds. Not for 4 million and not for 6 million. And for 2 million pounds, we wanted to have an auditorium which is at least double this size and got some other spaces which are going to help us to take the vision forward, which are expandable and we can enlarge on in the future if we need that. That's the kind of thing that that we want to do. And then in the back block, began to think about what about if instead of redesigning and refurbing the back block, we didn't redesign it but we just refurbed it. Because if you remember way back in Scheme 1, when it was the all singing, all dancing thing, we were going to take out floors and move this and put glass lifts in the middle and do all this. And it was all great. The reality is, the numbers of that in the current economic climate, just we're not going to deliver something like that unless there's a mighty, miraculous move of God, unprecedented. But then we start to think, actually, we've got some great spaces in the back block already. Our kids' spaces, our use spaces, they're great spaces. They're just shabby. They need a lot of work. They need investment. But what about if instead of keep bringing the cost down, top down, are you with me? What about if we went bottom up, started from where we are, which is already a blessing from God, and we refurbed as and when money came in? So in other words, we don't put hardly anything against the back block. We just refurb as and when money comes in. So we turn our attention to the new build. We refurb the back block as and when money come in. And then the sports stuff the mugger, the robber, and the external sports, we fund separately for that. And we fund outside of that. So, what I want to present to you tonight is Scheme 3 and a new strategy. So let me just take you through Scheme 3. Scheme 3 starts with us really turning our attention towards a new build. Chris, thanks. Which is £2 million, rather than the £4 million that we were at before and the £6 million that we were at before that. We then fund externally for the sports and external sports stuff, the multi-use games area and the skate park and all of that. We refurbish the existing building as and when funds arise. We set a £200,000 sum against that and I'll explain that to you in a minute because the reality is I mean, we, we think we've got 50,000 coming in for the back block. We hope we have. The guy came and looked around it and seemed very keen on it. But he'll put it in if we'll put other stuff in to make it happen. Are you with me? So that's the kind of way that that whole thing has to kind of happen really. We retained the front block for the time being. And when the economy changes and into the future, once the new builds up and we're growing and, and, and we're starting to refurbish the back block, we then have an asset in the front part of the building which we may not, no longer need as we move forward in the future. We then can sell that. So what we're talking about is the scheme for us to try and fund is now $4 million. So our goal in our new strategy is to try and find, <laughs> empty your pockets, is to try and find £4 million, which includes the land and the cost to date. Remember, we, we, we bought nearly a million or just over a million pounds of the buildings already. It includes the new build, it includes the external facade of the back block. The other thing that was bothering me is that under our previous scheme, a lot of the redesign, well, nearly all the redesign and refurb was inside the building. And the reality is nobody can see the difference from that on the outside have to go into the building in order to see that. So we want to do the outside of the building, to put the cladding on the outside, to really up the whole outside of the building, give it a bit of a, a kind of an edge, and that's all factored in. In addition to that, we'll externally fund for the sports and the more use gamers area, and the refurbishment of the back block. Now I know that's ever such a lot of information to kind of communicate in one night and you, and you might need a bit of time to think about that. But in terms of a strategy, we actually feel as a team really excited about this. We really feel that this is the strategy for us to pursue. But what we did is that you know we, we kind of felt that, look, we need some other input into this. Do you know what I mean? So we went down to Mulvern, which is the Elim uh, kind of Bible college and headquarters, if you like. We're part of the Elim denomination. We're part of that stream And uh, we went to them a couple of weeks ago, myself and Dave Jones and David Haywood, who's on the project board with us, and we went down. It wasn't a dragon's den approach where we went into the boardroom, do you know what I mean? And we said, you need to give us the money and this is what we'll deliver. We went and we said, guys, you've been on the journey with us. This is not us and them. This is us. We're in it together. You know, we are part of the same stream and they've been very, very supportive. And we laid it out, just as I've laid it out to you uh, this evening, and we laid out the numbers and we laid out the strategy. And what they said, they gave us overwhelming affirmation for us as a church and as a leadership. They were very impressed in how the team has handled the whole project and how you as a church have rallied around it. They gave us an overwhelming affirmation as to the new strategy and approach. They feel it's it's still full of faith. We still need God to move miraculously. uh, But there's a lot of prudence and some wisdom in this kind of strategy. They also gave us an overwhelming sense that we are at the stage where something has to happen now. You're with me. We're halfway through the giving and we've bought land, so we've done something, but we haven't built anything yet. And so we, we have to see something happen. So we went to Elim. We then, secondly, we went to our leaders. So many of you were here a couple of weeks ago when I opened this up with you and we shared this with you honestly and openly. And we've had a lot of feedback from the, the leaders, and that's been overwhelmingly positive and supportive, and, which, is, which is absolutely fantastic. But we still face some really huge challenges. The numbers that we're talking about are coming down, but they're still big numbers. They're still big numbers. And it's a different landscape now in terms of even the banking world, as I'm sure you all know. When we began this project uh, four or five years ago, the bank uh, that Elin Borrow Money From, uh, the banking whole world has totally changed. So when we, be, when we began, in fact, it's changed so much. And because Elim is one charity with lots of different churches, and I have to say, as a stream of churches, it's, Elim is very, very strong at the moment. We're doing some fantastic things, Elim churches all across the country. And lots of Elim churches are building. They're building a lot of not just church buildings, but social projects and doing some amazing things. So much so that it's, it's a little bit bigger than our capacity as a, as a movement. So Elim has said that there are to be no new building projects for the time being. Now that doesn't apply to us because we're already in in the project, but for new projects coming online, they're going to have to pause for a bit because of the economy. The banks are also asking for more capital in order to be able to take a loan down than they were two years or even a year ago. So what does this all mean for us? What's next? Basically, the next thing that we have to do is we have to raise £750,000. And basically, if we can raise that big chunk of money in capital, then we can look at the loan to complete that whole package that I just showed you, which is the new build and, and all of that other stuff, okay? We then, at that point, will face the decision of how, what that loan will look like, and that's a whole load of other conversations. And I know now that some of you may say, well, how much and how much? Will we don't know all that yet, Okay what's right in front of us is to raise a big chunk of capital in the order of £750,000. A couple of weeks ago, when, when, when I was looking at all these numbers and, and these numbers were, were becoming you know reality, we had a couple of elders' meetings. And I want to be really honest with you. I went into one of those elders' meetings. It's the first time in 10 years that I've ever been into going into an elders' meeting, 8 o'clock on a Saturday morning, not knowing what to do and not knowing what the outcome of that meeting will be and i went into the meeting uh, and i think that as i looked around the table with all the other elders i don't think i was the only one <laughs> i think actually we were all in that place but i have to tell you that 2 hours later we came out of that room with such a sense of the presence of god with such a sense of unity amongst each other it was an outstanding meeting and and it's an outstanding eldership team it really is you've got a g- group of guys and girls who are humble and who are faithful and who are committed but who who who, will, who are honest and say, I don't know all the answers. Do you know what I mean? But we'll come together and we'll find unity so that it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit, which is what it says in the New Testament. So we came out of that uh, with an amazing sense of God's presence and we've agreed on some specific actions that we want to take. One of the things that when we were praying as elders, that one of the elders uh, had a word, not just in that meeting, but actually before, and he brought it to this meeting. And it talks about, in the book of Malachi, in the Old Testament, it talks about um, the sacrifice, the sacrificial system in the Old Testament, about um, you know bringing lambs to sacrifice, and don't worry, we're not going to go all crazy and all Old Testament on you. But the idea was that God was saying, bring your best lamb to sacrifice. And what the people were doing, is that they weren't bringing their best lamb, they were bringing like a dodgy lamb. The Bible calls it a blemish lamb, you know, like a three-legged one that nobody would want to, have, and they were bringing that to God. And, and it was this, this idea of, look, if we bring our best lamb, then that's the best that we can do. And it was a sense in which what we felt is that we're going to give it our best shot over these next three to six months, and I'll explain that in a minute. And whatever that looks like, that's our best lamb, that's what God will use to further his purposes. But one of the areas that we felt that we haven't given it our best lamb as a church corporately, can't speak for you individually, that's between you and God and me and God, but as a church corporately, we haven't given our best lamb in the area of fundraising. See, what we have done is we've, we've, we've put together a group of volunteers and we tried to come up with a fundraising strategy, but we haven't really been able to give it the energy and the intensity that it needed. What we've also done is that Liz Robinson has been working three days a week for us on that, and she's done a fantastic job on her own, basically, in in lots of ways. And I really want to honour Liz for that, because she has worked so hard, week in, week out, just beavering away, done amazing stuff. But we haven't put enough energy and support around her in order to go forward, and that's what we need to do. And before I tell you about what we're going to do, I'm going to ask Liz to to come up. Liz, would you just come up for a minute? Could we just give Liz just like a round of applause? Because I think she's... It's, it's a it's a thankless task, you know, just writing bids and just grafting away through stuff on your own, really, when everything else is kind of happening. And, and Liz has been doing that. And there's there's like a, something that's come up recently, really, Liz, isn't there? Which is an easy thing that we can do for just just an idea. I just want to. Tell the people about that.
3: Yeah. Um, Just as well, a really big thank you to everyone that donated stuff that we did, all the eBay sales and all of that. We raised nearly a £1,000 in the end from all of that, which is just fantastic. So thank you for all the stuff we had donated. That was fantastic. Um, There's some sheets at the back that look like this. You may have seen it in the bulletin. Um, But just put your hand up. Do you do any internet shopping Oh, people are a bit slower coming forward on that one. Okay, how about, do you use an internet search engine? Oh, you all look like you know what I'm talking about. That's fantastic. There's um, some brilliant ways that we've just heard about um, that uses both of these things, basically, that means at no cost to you, other than if you're already shopping, um, we can basically get some donations back from some of these companies. So all you need to do is either pick one of these up or remember what I'm just about to say, is go to a website called easyfundraising.org.uk and it's literally a two-minute process of signing up on that website. It's your name, an email address and a password, that's it, and your designated charity, which is obviously the third place, not Zion, but the third place. And Basically, all you then have to do is anytime you want to go shopping, they've got over 2,000 internet shopping sites that are linked in with this scheme. Things like Amazon, a lot of the supermarkets, if you do your supermarket shopping online, um, HMV, even if you're kind of updating your insurance online or doing stuff with the AA or doing stuff with British Gas or whatever, if you do it online and you go through this website, we can get money back so, all you do is sign up, go on the website, pop in the shop you want to go to, and it just takes you to, like, the front page of Amazon or the front page of whichever shop you're going to, and that will log that you've spent so much money with them, and they will give us a percentage, which is, I just think, amazing and really easy. Um, just kind of thinking money-wise what that looks like, um, so Amazon, as I've said, they give 2.5 percent of your total shop they will give to us. So if a 100 people, so 100 of us across the church spent 50 pounds each in a year, that means 1,250 pounds. To me, it's, do you know what I mean? It's so simple. It's really simple. Marks and Spencers, for those of you that shop there. Um, again, 2.5%, same kind of thing. If you were to spend 50 quid in a year, if 100 people did that, again, it's another 1,250 pounds. It can easily add up. Groceries, Asda, they do some stuff. Sainsbury's do stuff. There is. Like, I was finding it really hard to find an internet shop not on their site so that's one way the other way I did mention was search engines linked in with that is something called easysearch.org.uk if you set that up as your search engine it uses uh, this is going to be like I sound like I know what I'm talking about Um, they use Bing, Ask and Yahoo so it's a combined thing like that not Google I'm sorry for those of you Google lovers Um, but if you set that up as your search engine they will give us let me just check I think it's Uh, 25p or something for so many searches you do now obviously with all the funding stuff I do here at work I do a lot of internet searching of different funds and that kind of thing so in a month I've been doing this for a month on my work computer here I've done just over 800 searches which for some of you is a bit like whoa that's a bit crazy but in those 800 searches has meant we've raised just over four pounds which obviously isn't a lot but if you start adding that up as to if all of us start using that, they estimate that most people would raise £25 in a year with the usual internet search usage. If 100 of us do it, 200 and... 2,500, <laughs> 2, is that right? If 100 of us do it, that's right. Do you know what I mean? All of these, it's, it works if we all do it. If only a couple of us do it, yes, it isn't very much money. But if actually all of us start doing something like this... It's a fantastic way to just get a bit more money for the third place so yeah uh, pages at the back also we are thinking of doing some more of the sales stuff we're looking at um, a website uh, that means we can get money um, on selling CDs and DVDs so you'll find out more about that soon I'm sure
0: thanks just um, so Kind of wrapping it together really about what we're going to do, we, we've had to make some quite tough decisions as, as an eldership in this last couple of weeks. One of them is that um, last September we brought somebody on to staff part-time as a, consult- as a self-employed person called Steve Prescott to be our third-place project director. We've had to let him go, unfortunately. We realise that we've come to a point now in the project where actually we need to put all of our energy and resource into fundraising. You know, this is what we need to do. We're not going to have a project to direct unless we can really get another big chunk of fundraising. So we've had to let him go, really, which was a a difficult thing to do. But we also, I'm very conscious of how this can be for a church and certainly for us as leaders. And I think when we went into this journey, I know some of you were, I can remember back, you said, you know, what will this do to you as the leader? (laughs) What will this do to us and the spirit of the church? And will will we get distracted and all of this and all that? And we're, we're really conscious of that which is why we're at the point where we feel we need to give it our best shot in this next 3 to 6 months and in order to do that in the best way we feel that kind of we've come up with something which actually is going to be a lot of fun and uh, and also create that energy and that intensity so what we're going to do is that we're going to set up a war room okay which if you remember some of the films that you've ever seen in those films is that idea of a designated space where basically it's a matter of it's crisis it's you're in that space you're only focusing on that and we're going to set up a war room which is going to be in one of the buildings that we bought right in the middle of our site our new site so in the optical works we are busy setting that up as our war room and what we're going to do is that we're going to redeploy some of us as staff so uh, myself Chris I'm going to miss someone here Jane from Faze Janet Rachel, Liz the six of us are going to redeploy chunks of our time to be in that space we're also with some of the money that we've now obviously because of letting Steve go with some of that money we, get, we, we are engaging a, an external consult, fundraising consultant Christian company with people that you all know many of you will know that we're, that we're involved with we're talking with them on Thursday into that space as well to help us and we want to open up that space to any of you that want to come in and help us and get involved. Basically, the next three months are absolutely vital for us in terms of this project, in terms of where we're going. We need to, we need to give it everything that we've got. Basically. We need to give this our best lamb, and then we'll see what God's going to do with that. So we're going to open up that space. We're going to open it up next week. This, this is the details. It's going to be open Monday 2 till 5, Tuesday 9 till 5, and then every Thursday evening from 7 till 10 p.m. That's just to start. If it grows beyond that and there's more, there's, some of you want to come and get involved, then we'll open it up more. That's not a problem. But just as a way to start, the idea is that you'll go into that space. There'll be a prayer room right at the beginning. Okay, so because we want to we really integrate prayer and work. I think that's the right way, don't you? It's not all one or the other. We know that. It's a partnership. And so we want to integrate that. So there's going to be lots of whiteboards around the place and flip chart papers and things are all going to be there and there's phones going in and there's internet in there and there's computers going in. And the idea is that when, you, when I walk into that space, that's the thing that I'm thinking about and praying about. Give it my best shot. Walk out and then leave it in there. Do you know what I mean? Because that's one of the challenges for us here is that with this... Bearing down on us, is, 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 is it, can, it can be quite crushing. And I think that the thing of creating intensity together and energy and camaraderie and being able to leave it in a space and walk away is going to be a liberating thing for us. So what can you do? If you want to come and help, come and help us write bids and letters. We need to create volume now, okay? Whereas before, we were looking at very targeted, big number bids, like my place that took six months uh, and we didn't get it. That's not the way that the economy is not like that now. We're not going to do one for two million pounds. We're going to do loads for much smaller amounts. So we need to write bids. We need to write letters. Help us research. Some of you are great at researching, and you search and do all that kind of stuff that Liz was on about. Recreationally, you do it in your sleep. Some of you, yeah, that's sad. And uh, you do all that kind of stuff. So you can help us research. You can help us gather evidence and statistics. You can help us with administration. You can help us with ideas and creative planning. You can pray and you can make tea. So all those kind of things are the things that we, we want to ask you to do. It's not going to be a place where we're not, the emphasis is not on like the individual fundraising things. I could come and do this because we haven't got the, the time for that right now. It really needs to be around the, the bigger things and the things that we can do collectively and bids and the private sector and all that kind of thing. So we're looking at external grants. We need to up the volume of that. We're looking at fundraising uh, and how we do that uh, at more as a corporate body. We're looking at the private sector. And also, we may need to consider during this time talking to you, the church, again. And uh, when we, we launched the giving campaign uh, a couple uh, 18 months ago now, many of you asked in the home meetings that I, I did, uh, you know, will you ask us for money again for this in two years' time? And I said, honestly and truthfully, I don't know. And if we do come again and say to you, listen, church, we need to carry on. Would you consider carrying on in the giving after the end of your two years? Let me just say a few things. For some of you, you've already brought your best lamb and you've sacrificed for two years or you will have done. And that's absolutely great. And you, you will not be able to give any more than that at the end of your two years because you've given your best lamb. That is fabulous you have laid foundations for this church for the future and we would want you to be totally released in that. For some of you, you've not given your best lamb either because you're new or because you weren't in a position to give when in this kind of campaign. So for you, you could be able to join the journey at this point. For some of you, you have given, you will have given for two years and you're able to continue to give at that level or a lesser level or even a greater level beyond that and that's absolutely great as well. So if we do come back to the church through this period of time, and we don't know whether we will definitely do that or not, if we do through this period of time, we want you to know that the spirit we do it in will be a spirit of grace. Where for those of you that say, well, I've given, I've honoured my commitment, I can't give anymore, that's absolutely great. You are a part of the future. But if we do do that, it may be that some of us feel that we actually can continue to give on into the future. The emphasis will always be that this is between you and God. Okay, this is between you and God, and that's absolutely right. You know, I'm just going to kind of wrap up, really. We've, we've come a long way, and yet it kind of like feels like we haven't. Do you know what I mean, in some sense as well, and um, At a meeting I was at recently with, with a whole load of, load of us, we, we looked at a whole load of numbers, and... We looked at numbers of alone and, and what it might look like and all this, and the numbers got so scary that as I looked around the room, I realised that the blood was draining from everybody's face as the meeting was going on, including my own. And so I called time and said, right, let's just leave this and let's walk out this room and let's go and make a cup of tea or do something different. And then what, somebody said to me, one of, one of the staff said, look, isn't this a little bit like... You know, when you're as a family and, and you, you, your your finances change, and all of a sudden you you know ne- ne- this year you were going to go away to I don't know the Bahamas on holiday, and but now because the, you know your finances have changed, you can't do it, so you don't go. So is this that kind of situation where because the world has changed and the economy has changed and everything, we just don't do this and we just don't go on holiday to the Bahamas? And I said, that's okay, but the problem is we've already got to Heathrow, checked our bags in, and got our boarding tickets, and we're in the air. So it's not quite as simple as saying, look, in the light of the economy, let's not do this. Because we're already doing it. We're already in the air, guys, aren't we? We're already giving. You guys are giving. We've bought land. We're in the air. We may not land in the Bahamas. <laughs> Who knows where we'll land? Hopefully it won't be Great Yarmouth or something like that. But, but <laughs> Nothing against Great Yarmouth for those of you that... That's the danger of going off script, you see. But, so I don't know where it's going to be that we land. But I'll tell you what, if we're pursuing God and we're pursuing God's presence and we're being as obedient and as faithful as we can be, then it's alright, isn't it? It's alright. And the reality is we're seeing God's kingdom enlarge right where we are anyway. Do you know what I mean? This last week, we've seen a lot of people come to faith. Right now, you heard some of the things that are going on, exciting opportunities to step out into society and to make an impact. So I want to say, please pray for us. I know that you do, but please pray for us. This feels to me like probably the most intense time, this next three to six months. This is absolutely crucial for us in terms of where we go. We've had a lot of positive affirmation, we've been very open, we've said to the guys at Elim, we've said to our own leaders, speak into this, tell us what you think. I've had so many emails and words that people have, you know, as they've been praying, very, very encouraging and supportive, which has been great. And I just want to read something to you and then we're going to sing one song together and then we're going to finish. And um, this is a, a passage of scripture which has been important to me um, over the last few years really, but usually from the NIV translation. I want to read it to you from the message, because it says it in some slightly different ways. And it's, and it's like, you know, at certain times like this, I think as, as a leader of, of, of people, I think this isn't about a project, this isn't about a building, this is about people. And that's why all these photographs are here, you know, because it's about people. And Paul was a great project leader, and a great apostle, and a great go-getter, but ultimately he was all about people as well. And he wrote to the church at Thessalonica in 1 Thessalonians. He says, I, Paul, together here with Silas and Timothy, send greetings to the church at Thessalonica, Christians assembled by God. It's a brilliant phrase. Christians assembled by God, the Father, and by the Master, Jesus Christ. God's amazing grace be with you. God's robust peace. And when I look around and when you look at each other, we're assembled by God, aren't we? We're here because God has assembled us. Some of you have been here in this church since 1979. Some of you have been here in this church since last week. You're all as valuable as each other. God is assembling a community of people for his purposes. And then he says, Every time we think of you, we thank God for you. Day and night you're in our prayers as we call to mind your work of faith, your labour of love and your patience of hope. In following our Master Jesus Christ before God our Father, it is clear to us, friends, that God not only loves you very much, but also has put His hand on you for something special. I love that verse. I really believe that's a verse for us as a church. God loves you very much and also has His hand on you for something special. When the message we preach came to you, it wasn't just words, something happened in you. The Holy Spirit. Put steel in your convictions. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? The Holy Spirit puts steel in your convictions, and we need the Holy Spirit to do that again. And so, as we pray, really, to God tonight, we're going to spend just five minutes worshiping and praying together. Let's just really ask God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to us and to speak to you. Okay? And I've been I've been absolutely bowled over by the the, the elders' meeting was a, a, a Trauma for me in one sense, and then fantastic. The leaders' meeting we had a couple of weeks ago, I was very nervous about that. And then it was fantastic just because there was such a sense of maturity and such a sense of God's spirit about you and your responses, which was very, very encouraging. Assembled by God, grace, peace, and steel. (laughs) Grace, peace, and steel. God's hand is on us for something special. How many of you believe that? I know I do. Why don't we pray? Lord, we, as we gather around this campfire tonight, as we look back at how far we've walked and we've walked across some different terrain and the terrain has changed and, and we've seen some great things, Lord. We've seen some buildings that we, didn't, we couldn't get and then we got eventually. We saw the church respond in, in magnificent ways in giving. We've seen people's lives impacted, Lord, through this journey already. We've seen some great things, but Lord, as we come to you now around this campfire, we say that we need you so much. Lord, unless the Lord builds the house, they that build it labour in vain. God, we want you to build this house, not just the bricks and mortar, but this house, who we are as people. God, your hand is on us for something special. And Lord, I pray that as we walk forward together, Lord, I pray that we'll see some amazing things. Lord, I pray for this next three months especially, that Lord as we open up that war room, as people go in and make tea and laugh together and have some ideas together and pray together and agonise together and write letters together and console each other when it's no and rejoice when it's yes, Lord I really pray that we'll experience something really fresh out of that and that God that together we will see you do some amazing things and this will be the kind of thing that we we write stories about and that people tell in the future about what you did through this group of people so lord would you come by your spirit would you fill us not only with grace and peace but with convictions of steel that we would pursue you wherever you go lord we want to be like those people in hebrews 11 that followed you that saw him who is invisible that set out, not knowing where they were going, but following the call of God. Lord, we're about to start this series on Jonah on on Sunday. Lord, a a man who heard the word of the Lord and yet went in the opposite direction. Lord, we don't want to be like that. God, we want to pursue you wherever you lead us. We don't want to be heading off to Tarshish when you're calling us to Nineveh. God, wherever you call us to go, that's where we want to go. We want to pursue you. Because you're the only one worth pursuing. So Lord, I pray you'd help us. And Lord, individually speak to us. And collectively as a body, I pray for a great sense of unity as we walk forward together. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we stand? Lord, we love you. God, we love you. And we thank you for when Jesus called those first disciples, he said, come follow me. And they didn't didn't ask where, they just followed you. And Lord, that's what we want to be like. We want to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.